Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, so let's start with this report that was commissioned by the Vancouver Police Department mm-hmm. on social services spending in Vancouver. And this thing's been setting off rockets here the last 48 hours. We talked about it on the show yesterday. So this is the one that says that a government is spending more than $5 billion a year every year on social programs in the city, like $14 million a day. So a lot of people were looking at the downtown east side, the terrible conditions for that, and saying, what a waste. What a waste of money. Now, you you wondered on the show yesterday mm-hmm. that something wasn't adding up here in this report. Yeah, so I read the long version of the report, which was actually uh, released to the police department back in March, which showed the methodology of how they arrived at this figure. And it wasn't $5 billion on the downtown east side. It's, first of all, they say it's citywide. But also it includes $1.5 billion in Canadian pension payments to just average, just regular people. Throughout the entire city of Vancouver, Throughout the entire city. Then there's another $1.4 billion of charity money. And then I looked at the charities that were listed, and we're talking, in many cases, Greater Vancouver charities. And charity money doesn't just go to impoverished people. It goes to arts and culture and sports. So they started throwing dollars into this thing to make a big number, giving the impression that $5 billion was being spent on the downtown east side. Yeah. And that's not what this report shows. Right. It's unclear exactly how much is being spent on, on the downtown east side. Now, it's clear. I mean, anybody can argue what's happening in the downtown east side right now is not working. Sure. There's a lot of money being spent there. Uh, and the report rightly points out there's a number of agencies involved in delivering uh, getting money, getting government money, and delivering services. And Without can, a lot of transparency. Not a lot of transparency. Right. You know, Ramina Day had that, that interview with the woman CEO yes. uh, of one of these agencies refusing to disclose what her, what her salary was, even though they're getting a huge amount of tax dollars. So the report has some value, obviously, but I think it's heavily torqued in terms of coming up with this $5 billion number, which is not being spent on the downtown east side. Okay. Inter- that's an interesting news, They're going to have a follow. news conference today. Yeah. We'll um, see how the police try to, how are the police going to respond to these well, criticisms? We'll see. Howard Chow uh, tweeted out that, um, you know, people are questioning the methodology, but the news conference will make it all clear. Well, I've read okay. the long the long version of this, and it's, it's, it's a fairly confusing methodology. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, election results south oh. of the border. Now, this is fascinating yeah. um, because... In the in the final days of campaigning, it's it seemed like they, maybe there was a Republican wave building here. Didn't happen. People worried about the economy. The, the Republicans made gains in the House, but yeah. there's no red wave. Yeah. Um, the Democrats may uh, uh, control sen- the Senate. Was fifty fifty going in? It may be fifty fifty. It may be fifty one forty nine. But the Democrats flip Pennsylvania. Uh, remains to be seen what happens in Georgia. But the Democrats could come out of this uh, controlling the Senate. Republicans controlling the House, and Biden is going to hold a news conference today claiming victory here, that yeah. he beat back. And also, a f- large number of election deniers yes. lost yes. and lost decisively. Yeah. Uh, also, you have in Arizona, uh, 
what's her name, the TV anchor? Terry Lake. Terry Lake. Oh, Carrie Lake. Carrie, uh, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Uh, lost. Yeah. Uh, and again, it, it raises some questions. Again, the polls, pollsters are going to be wondering where they slipped up here because they had a number of races in dead heats that turned out to be anything but. Okay, we got some clips here to play. So let's listen to Mark Thiessen here, who's a, a, a veteran Republican strategist. And you'll hear him express some disappointment here with these results. Let's have a listen. We have the worst inflation in four decades, the worst collapse in real wages in 40 years, the worst crime wave since the 1990s, the worst border crisis in U.S. history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened, and there wasn't a red wave. That is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. That is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. It's a pretty blunt assessment well, there. Yeah, pretty blunt. Um, yeah. Again, the Republicans have been taken over by the far right and the Trumpians, and um, they had their lunch handed to them uh, last night. They did not score the victories they they thought they were going to score. There was no red wave. And the Repu- Republicans held their own in a number of well, seats. sure. I mean, they still could end up in control of Congress. Oh, yeah, and they won a, a fair number of gubernatorial races. So sure. It wasn't a disaster for the Republicans by any means, but... It wasn't a growth election for them. And it was interesting to see, like, you know, Biden had been talking about this is about democracy and preserving democracy. Mm-hmm. And don't believe these these conspiracy theories about that the, the election was stolen or, or the, the, elec- the electoral system is corrupt in the country. And as you mentioned, like a lot of those sort of very high profile election deniers lost. were lost last night. So let's listen to Carrie Lake here. This is she was running for Arizona governor, Republican. Uh, Continual critic of the electoral system said the election was stolen from Trump. And here she is raising doubts about the results yesterday. Carrie Lake. They showed up at the polls early this morning only to be told the election equipment didn't work. Two minutes in, two minutes into voting, we had people being told, well, you're going to have to put your little ballot over here into another box. Guys? The fake media back there tried to tell us we were wrong for asking questions about our elections. Okay, so, you know, this is, that's her speaking yesterday, so... Still in denial now. Continuing to say that, you know, that the elections are crooked. Yeah, and she'll continue with that theme. Now, to be fair, watching CNN last night, there was a couple counties in Arizona where there was a problem with the election um, technology, the voting technology, the the equipment. Uh, And she'll seize upon that. As Republicans, the Trumpians will everywhere to say that this is somehow unfair and uh, continue the election denial. But I think people should be heartened that so many election deniers were defeated and defeated by decisive uh, uh, margins. Let's talk about a little politics closer to home here. So now we're into the process for the B.C. Liberal Party to possibly change their name to B.C. United. And I have a feeling it's going to go through. Maybe it'll be closer than we than we think. Kevin Falcon, who's the leader of the Liberal Party, supports this name change. I thought it was interesting that Falcon did this this week did an, a photo op with Pierre Polyev. Yeah. The federal conservative leader is visiting Vancouver. Yeah. Um, Polyev dining out on that on Twitter. He, he was the first to put that out. Yeah. It's interesting that, yeah, the, I think the name change will go through because Falcon and the party executives support the name change. It's a relatively small number of people in the, you know, it's just the party members voting on this thing. It's not general population. Right. So I think it'll go through. But I think the the Falcon Polyev thing is another indication that's where the party is headed. It's not the Liberal Party anymore. Yeah. It's a more conservative party, and I think they're trying to mop up that conservative party of BC um, batch of voters that could cost them an election. 
uh, in a number of close writings. So look for look for a closer alignment between this new party, this BC United Party, if that's what they become, and the Federal Conservative Party. Yes, let's listen to Falcon here. Now, here he is uh, explaining why he thinks the BC Liberal Party should change their name. Have a listen. It's more about whether whether it sometimes creates genuine confusion that some in the public just genuinely think federal politics immediately. So if they see you know a BC Liberal name and they think, oh yeah, I, I don't vote Liberal, I vote Conservative, or whatever the case may be, then they mistakenly often vote for another party when they meant to actually vote for you know a private sector driven economy party like ours. Okay, so I think that you know there's a lot of federal Liberals though have traditionally voted for the bc liberal party the, too the risk they've tried to have a big tent a big coalition exactly um if the name was so confusing to voters why did they win so many elections <laughs> you know they won a number of elections under that banner uh, but i think um what they have to be concerned with potentially is as they try to sort of swallow that conservative voters out there who vote for the bc conservative party by in very small numbers do they risk losing liberals yeah. who want nothing to do with the Conservative Party, and do those Liberals then flock to the NDP, which has been fairly center centrist under John Horgan. That may change under David Eby. Who knows? I mean, you know, potentially maybe may a shift towards the left. But the Liberals are taking a risk here. But it's one. It's a calculated gamble, and it's one they've obviously considered a number of the ups and downs. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, it's Baldry's Beat. Before we go to the calls here, I want to quickly play this clip of Donald Trump. So here is Trump now commenting on, this is before the, before the results came in yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I have a listen to how he frames this. Here's Trump. If they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. Okay. But it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, when they win, I think they're going to do very well. I'll probably be given very little credit, even though in many cases I told people to run. And they ran and they turned out to be very good candidates. You know, they've turned out to be very good candidates. Uh, but usually what would happen is uh, when they do well, I won't be given any credit. And if they do badly, they will blame everything on me. Okay. I, think, I think he's right. I think you're already seeing some of the night. Some of the some of the people in the Republican Party are going to be emboldened by this to speak out against Trump. Ron DeSantis in Florida had a decisive 20 point win. Right. He's going to be emboldened to start putting the knives to Donald Trump that he did not. Trump did not deliver a victory here. There was no red wave. This is a surprisingly good night for the for the Democrats. Um, it didn't change anything dramatically, but um, it, it again, did not translate into a Trump wave going across the country. And Donald Trump will be criticized for that. OK, 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. Rick in Port Moody. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. On the U.S. elections, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't think we could have had a better result with what's happening. I, I mean, it still is, is up in the air so much as it is. Um, Senate race is tied, according to Politico, right at the current um, current state. Looks mm -hmm. like the, uh, the, the, the GOP is going to get the House. But what I do like that's happened here, even though 
well, I'm, I'm glad that the Republicans might have control, but I, I, I was tired of Trump, and I'm glad to see that the Republican base has kind of started distancing itself even further from that rhetoric. I mean, it was fun and it was interesting for a first little while when he got elected, but it sure did grow tired awfully fast. Yeah. And, and, he, and he, is, he, he is a troublemaker. And unless, you know, maybe this is the catalyst now to kind of weed him completely out, because uh, God forbid if, if he uh, enters the race in, in 2024, um, Republicans are going to get cleaned because people are just not wanting to deal with that yeah. BS of his again. So I think it's a right. healing re- result. So I, it, I think yeah. it's, it's going to be a good uh, a good move forward. Okay, great. Thanks for the call. Great commentary. No, uh, very good points. I mean, this may be a pivotal turning point for the Is this Republican the end of Party. Trump now? This may, it, it could be. I wouldn't, I, again, I would not count him out. I remember back when he first ran for president, I yeah. didn't count him out. I kept saying he can win, he can win. Yeah. Vaughn Palmer and I have adjoining offices. We kept going to each other's office in the primary season he could win to each other and, and at a time when it seemed very unlikely so don't count trump out but i do agree with rick's uh, the caller uh he called it a healing election and maybe this is what this was for the republican party to finally exercise those demons that sort of captivated the party uh for for the last few years and allow traditional republicans to regain control i wonder if this dissuades trump from running yeah. for the republican That's nomination for president now because there's a lot of speculation he would announce i think next week well his ego is so massive he cannot take defeat yeah. as we saw in an election where he just refuses to even acknowledge it so if he sees a risk that he's not going to win that nomination and as, as a result of this election i think his chances of winning the election the nomination of, of deteriorated significantly. Well, he'll have to beat DeSantis. Yep, and DeSantis, yeah. is, boy, that was an impressive win by him. Yeah, Bob in Nanaimo. Hi, Bob. Go ahead. Morning, guys. I, a couple of comments um, regarding the uh, the downtown east side. The the money that goes in there and the the lack of accountability is, I can't understand for the life of me why. There isn't an annual audit that's provided. Yes, they talk about three levels of government, but they don't seem to know. The right hand doesn't seem to know what the left hand is doing. If we looked at, even if we used conservatively, said half a billion dollars went in there a year. Well, nonprofits can right off the top take 10 percent off of that. So that half billion, 50 million goes right to administration with no accountability. Um, And so. Mm -hmm. That's one point. The, the other point about with, uh, with Falcon wanting to change the Liberals, well, since they changed from the Socreds, it was just a transition of another conservative party with a different name, although, in my opinion, using the Liberals. And I'm going to call false advertising. These guys have been milking <laughs> this for years, okay. this Liberal yeah. banner. Thank you, yeah. Bob. Well, uh, Don's already said, I, th- I think there's going to be some changes. There's no question. I mean, one thing this report does uh, point out, there are a number of agencies, nonprofits, that uh, get a lot of money from various levels of government to provide services, and there is no accountability and there's no auditing. So I think that's going to change. I, you know, I'm not sure when but or how, but I think you're going to see more 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 oversight of what's going on in the downtown east side than what we see now. And in terms of the Liberals, you know, you mentioned the Social Credit Party. There's a lot of people listening right now who've never heard of the Social Credits. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. they ran this this government or this province for years, 20 That's years fair. under W.A.C. Bennett yeah. and another uh, uh, 20 years under uh, uh, 16 years under Bill Vanders and Marina Johnson and Bill Bennett. And Bill Bennett, uh, yeah. So it's uh, that that name was confusing to 
many people. Sure. Nobody understood what social, the Social no. Credit Party was. It actually was this old funny money party that uh, originated in, in England and then Alberta. But all it was was a vehicle to power, and that's what the B.C. Liberals were as well. Brian in Vancouver. Brian, you got 30 seconds here. Oh, hi. Um, yes, I'm just wondering why David Eby, Minister of Housing, uh, should be under more scrutiny, uh, along with uh, Sean Ramsey of BC Housing, now retiring after uh, blatant uh, hypocrisy as of staying in the Chateau Laurier, $750 a night. And uh, okay, th- okay, thanks for the call. I'm not cutting you off. We're just out of time. Yeah, well, it's EB and housing. That's uh, he gets sworn on November 18th. Uh, that's going to be one of the big files. It'll be interesting whether he appoints a standalone housing minister or whether he takes housing on for himself. I think he'll appoint a minister.